0: Howdy-do, I'm James Bakay, also known as the Temple Guy. Let's look at a place that was once headquarters for an army of warring monks, Miidera on the shores of Lake Biwa, and, more significantly, at the base of Mount Hiei, in this episode of... Temple Tales! The common image of a Buddhist monk is one of a peaceful person in ochre or maroon robes, seated quietly in meditation or perhaps hugging a tiger or otherwise demonstrating his transcendence of anger or hatred, which along with greed or desire and ignorance or delusion, is one of the three poisons. And so it's distressing to hear of, say, the hardline Buddhist monks of Myanmar supporting the government crackdown on that country's Muslim Rohingya minority. But this is nothing new. Powerful institutions in most religions from time to time fall into playing politics, sometimes internally, as in conflicts between sects, and sometimes in the broader culture. A fine example is the warring monks of Miidara in Shiga, Japan, on the outskirts of the longtime ancient capital of Kyoto. It's true that the temple lies on the visibly peaceful shores of Lake Biwa, Japan's largest freshwater lake, but it also lies at the foot of Mount Hiei, Bastion of the Tendai sect of Buddhism I've said little about Tendai, though there have been plenty of opportunities. For example, Tendai is one of two esoteric Buddhist sects in Japan, the other being Shingon. Both are headquartered on mountains, not too far from Kyoto, though Shingon's was far enough to keep it away from the hurly-burly of the capital. Tendai, as just mentioned, is on Hiei-san. Shingon is on Koyasan, about which I wrote in episode 032 and elsewhere. And Tendai's founder, Saicho was literally on the same mission that took Kukai, Shingon's founder, to China, as I wrote about in episode 047, where I did mention Saicho briefly. Their ships were separated on their way across the sea, but they returned at the same time and cooperated with each other, wow, in establishing rival sects, Saicho, having brought back teachings from China's Mount Tiantai, where we will visit by and by. To my knowledge, Shingon monks were not in the habit of going to war, fighting only when their monasteries were being attacked. But the Sohei, or priest-soldiers of Tendai, are another story altogether. From the 10th through the 17th centuries, the Tendai sect became increasingly powerful, a phenomenon that did not go unnoticed by the ruling powers. The monks sparred with each other not only to dispute territory, but also to promote one brand of Buddhist doctrine over that of rival schools. The country's four largest temples, todaiji and Kofuku-ji in Nara, and Enriakuji and Miidera on hieizan were particularly noted for their scrappiness. It was Enryaku-ji which in 970 established the first ever standing army of warrior monks. A decade or so later, there was increased friction between Enriakuji and the focus of this episode, Miidera, which had originally been one temple but split into two branches of Tendai, called the Sanmon Mountain Gate, located at Enryaku-ji on the summit of the mountain, and Jimon, Temple Gate, at the mountain's base. The rivalry was geographic and administrative. That is, they fought over who should be abbot, and not doctrinal. Nevertheless, they eventually ended up on opposite sides of one of Japan's greatest conflicts, the Genpei War from 1180 to 1185, a civil war between the Taira, supported by the Sanmon monks of enryaku and Minamoto, the Jimon Miidera, clans. You may remember this war from episode 054, Two Deaths in the Tale of the Heike. At other times the two sides joined together against the monks of other temples. And we're not just talking about insults or even shouting matches between monks. In the mid-12th century, Midera was burned to the ground by the monks of Enryakuji, so many times, in fact, that it came to be called the Phoenix Temple for its frequent rebuilding. There's more to say about how these monks would extort money and support by shows of force in the city and other unmonkly behavior, but it all came to a halt around 1571. The warlord, Oda Nobunaga, undertook the siege of Mount Hiei when his 30,000 men destroyed towns and temples on and around the mountain, burning about 300 buildings to the ground. This ended the Sohei monks' power. Today they're better known for running, and are famous as the Marathon Monks of Mount Hiei. Let's get back to Miidara, which is actually a nickname for Onjoji, or Garden City, or maybe Farm Castle Temple. The sobriquet references the three wells that were once located here, just as Kimiidera did for the Temple of Three Wells in the Key Peninsula in Episode 075. The wells here were once used evocatively for the ritual bathing of newborns, including those destined to become emperors. This name was granted almost two centuries after the temple's original founding in 672, the gift of Emperor Tenmu, who reigned from 673 to 686, in memory of his brother, Emperor Tenji. In the absence of qualified heirs, Tenji had named his younger brother Tenmu as crown prince. At one point, sensing trouble, Tenmu gave up his status and retired to the mountains, along with one of his wives and some of his many sons. When Tenji died, his son Prince Otomo seized the throne as Emperor Kobun. Tenmu marched on the capital, which at the time was in Otsu, where Miidera is located, and when Tenmu won, Otomo Kobun committed suicide. In thanksgiving for his success, Emperor Tenmu and his wife, Empress Jito, who had accompanied him to the mountains, founded Midera. A real Buddhist, in 675, Tenmu banned consumption of domesticated animal meat, cattle, poultry, horse, dogs, monkeys, wait, monkeys? From April 1st to September 30th every year, though eating wild game meat was permitted. Much of what we see today was built after more depredations, these by Toyotomi Hideyoshi in the late 1500s. Many of the buildings date to 1599, or thereabouts. The temple's located about a third of a mile from Miidara Station and just a hair more than that from the lake shore. Around 40 named buildings remain on the premises. I won't bother you with details on the Niomon, or Two Kings Gate, the Sanjunoto, or three-story pagoda, the Shoro or bell tower, of which there are several, and other usual temple features, but I did find the small, almost nondescript buildings somehow especially attractive, bare, weathered wood sleeping its way through the centuries, with an occasional visitor tossing a coin in the collection box and ringing the bell for luck. Larger buildings include the 1599 main hall, called in this temple the kondo, meaning golden hall, which houses the temple's honzon or main image, a statue of the Maitreya Bodhisattva modeled, they say, on Emperor Tenji. This is just one of the temple's six seldom-seen secret Buddhas. An outhouse-sized building behind the kondo has inside it the only well remaining of the original three, the Aka'i, or Holy Water Well. There is a dragon on the front of the Akaiya with a legend similar to those at the Toshogu in Ueno, see episode 018. It was flying out to nearby Lake Biwa every night for a drink, causing damage as it passed. So the sculptor, Jingoro Hidari, the same one who made the dragons at Toshogu, as well as the one we saw at Aiji in episode 030, nailed its eyes to the building. Of special interest to the pilgrim, of course, is the Kanondo, containing the 10th century image of Nyorin Kanon, or Avalokiteshvara, for this 14th temple on the Saigoku West Country Kanon pilgrimage. The image is made public on the same schedule as the one at Ishiya Madera, see episode 097, every 33 years, plus the year after an emperor is enthroned. In 1072, the hall was located at the top of the mountain, In 1481, it was moved to a hill on the southern portion of the temple's current property so women, who weren't allowed on the mountain, could visit it. The current edifice dates to 1689. A moon-viewing stage stands below the hall. On the way up the hill to the Kanondo, we pass one of the prettiest little buildings I've ever seen. Podcast listeners, you really have to take a look at the show notes. The small hall dedicated to Bishamon, the martial member of the Seven Lucky Gods, see episode 024, is ornately painted, and its presence may be a nod to the warring monks of yore. Back in the main precincts of the property is another amazing sight. Inside the Isai-kyozo, or House of the Entire Scriptures, stands a huge eight-sided rotating cabinet said to contain a complete copy of the Buddhist canon. The building dates the early Muromachi period, approximately 1336 to 1573. The sutra, and I believe the cabinet, were donated and moved from another temple in Yamaguchi City in 1602. Let's end with a story. I saw a well-known bell at the temple called the Evening Bell for its time of employment and supposed to be the best-sounding bell in Japan. But right behind the kondo I somehow missed, or at least failed to take a photo of, Benkei's bell, star of the temple's most famous legend and tied to one of the temple's most famous one-time denizens. Benkei was a famous sohei, warrior monk, remember them? And legendary strongman, whom stories claim may have been the son of a shrine leader who raped Benkei's mother, a blacksmith's daughter, hence his strength, or that he was the son of the shrine god himself, or that his father was actually a demon. Well, you get the picture. His strength was literally proverbial. His shins were his only weak point, and the expression benkei no nakidokoro, or benkei's crying place, maybe place which makes benkei cry, is equivalent to our Achilles' heel. The bell in the story, too, has mystical origins. It dates to the Nara period, 710-794, and so is one of the oldest bells in Japan. It was manufactured, they say, in the palace of the Dragon King, the one dwelling in nearby Lake Biwa, or was donated to the temple by Fujiwara no Hidesato, a 10th-century courtier, in thanksgiving for his victory over a supernaturally giant centipede, which was, in fact, threatening the Dragon King's palace, and so on. Anyway... During the disputes between Enryakuji and Miidera in the tenth century, Benkei, apparently a proponent of Enryakuji, thought it would be a good idea to steal the weighty bell at Miidera and, in a feat of strength, carry it up the mountain to the rival temple. But on the way, the bell began to ring. Odd that, since Japanese bells have no clappers. Though some say Benkei himself rang it at the top of the mountain, and its voice said in the kansai dialect, "I want to go home. I want to go home." Wroth, or scared? He threw the bell all the way back down the mountain, and it bears the scars to this day. History says it may indeed have been stolen and damaged during one of the burnings of the temple, perhaps in 1264, and later returned. And that's about that. Until next time, may you and your loved ones and all sentient beings be well and happy. Adios, amigos. Hey, please check out the newsletter, which serves as the show notes for this episode, number 099, at templetales.substack.com. It has pictures, especially that one of the Bishamon Hall, and links. And at that address, you'll also find the archive with all of the newsletters. Think you'll be glad you did. In the next episode, Shion's gorgeous Temple of the Sleeping Dragon. And episode number 100.